Good morning, everyone. How are you all? It was literally cold the last time I spoke, and now I'm like, <laughs> it's fine, it's fine, I'm not hot. Um, I hope you're all having a really good morning. I felt like this morning, I just keep getting the word family, and I felt to say to everybody here, just like, welcome to the family. <laughs> Whether you've been here for a really long time or if it's your first time in this church today, we are a family, and Vineyard is, um, yes, we're a church, but we like to operate as a family, and I just want you to know this is a safe place where you will be loved. Like all families, we're not perfect. We've probably got our quirks, <laughs> but this is a place where my experience in the last how many years, seven, eight, I don't know, my experience has been that you can come here and feel loved no matter what your status, age, stage, whatever. So I hope you feel loved this morning. So like Kirk said, we have been doing a series called All Things New, where we're talking about basically that's what Jesus' plan is for our lives, for our families, our homes, our marriages, our children, all things new. Jesus, um, I think it was in Revelation, John said he saw Jesus coming and saying, I have come to make all things new. And that is God's plan for your life and for the lives of people around you. And so what does it look like for us to declare to the people in our lives that God wants to make all things new? That's what I want to talk about today is about loving people into relationship with Jesus and saying God wants to make things new in your life, which is quite unheard of for some people. So when you're going to speak, I think it's good to sometimes go to people who are a bit wiser um, with a bit more insight than you and get some advice and some wisdom. So, of course, I went to my five-year-old daughter, Poppy, and I, and I said to her, honey, this was earlier in the week, I said, honey, how would you tell people to um, uh, introduce people to Jesus? What would you tell people if you wanted to love them into a relationship with Jesus? And she's like, well, I'd give them a Bible and tell them to read it. <laughs> I was like... Hey, okay, good. That's actually a really... She's like, that's what they taught us in kids' church. I was like, well, fair enough. So there's step one and I'm done. No. And then last night I said to her again, honey, what should I tell everybody at church tomorrow? Because I love how Jules shared how her daughter just literally was in the bathroom and spoke out the word of God. Kids are miraculous at that. And I think my job as a mom is such an honor because I get to empower my kids to just trust what they think and feel. And the stuff that comes out of their mouth is incredible. This morning I asked Poppy to pray at the front door for me for this morning and say, can you just pray for me? And she's like, okay, mommy. Dear Jesus, oh wait, hang on. And then she just spoke in tongues for like a minute and was like, amen. And I like, I don't know if that's, I've never heard her really, like we've practiced before, but she just went for it and I was like, great, that's awesome. But yeah, I asked her last night, what do you want me to tell people tomorrow? What do you think I should tell them? And she said to me, you are all God's children, even though you're grown-ups. <laughs> it's like, bam. Um... You are all angels, even though you're humans. You're like angels that do stuff for God. <laughs> I thought that was pretty powerful. Um, there is someone more important than Poppy, though, and that's Jesus. So I just want to talk about what did Jesus say about our job as believers when it comes to going into the world and loving people into relationship with Jesus. So in Matthew 28, 18, it says, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. 
I don't think Jesus was saying this as like a harsh command or like a um, a burden. He didn't want this to be like a chore. I don't know about you, but I I've, I've been to church my whole life, and there were times when I was younger or you know, just years ago where people would say, go into the world and make disciples. And a part of me was like, oh, <laughs> guess Katie would say. A part of me was like, oh, that's a lot. Like, what does that look like? How do I do that? And you kind of picture walking up to strangers and being like, believe in Jesus, you know, street preaching. And that's actually really effective in a lot of ways, but it can be very daunting for a lot of people. But when you actually think about the fact that Jesus was saying, go and make disciples. He was saying that to his disciples. Who was he to his disciples? He was their friend. Like it was a relational transaction that he had with them. He wasn't saying like, go and just make yourselves really vulnerable or just say, believe in God. He was saying, go and do for other people what I have done for you. And he ended it by saying, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he's reassuring them saying, I'm going to keep doing this for you. Even though I'm going to heaven, I'm going to keep discipling you. And out of that, you're going to disciple other people and build relationship with other people. And that is what has happened for us in this church. It's what's happened in my life as a Christian is this relational discipleship. It's it's not a burden. It's actually such a beautiful blessing that we get to be part of. But sometimes it's hard to know how that should look. And I just want to start by saying... I'm not an expert. I've not had any mass, like, um, crusades where, like, thousands of people have given their lives to God. In my, like, 13, 14 years of since I came back to God, I was raised in the church. I went away very severely for a little while. But I came back. And in that time, the amount of people I've actually been able to bring to the point of salvation or come to that point with them is three. So... That might not seem like a lot. When it happens, it feels like I'm good. Like that was the most incredible thing in my life. But I know that I've been part of people's journeys to salvation and that's just as important. And I just want to encourage you today, just because you haven't been there for that moment for someone, you do not know if you've been part of someone's salvation story because just sharing the love of God and the love of Jesus is life-changing for people. And you might have planted five million seeds and other people have watered them and they've come to fruition eventually. So just don't feel like, oh my gosh, I don't know how to do that or I've never done that. You've probably done it without even knowing just by being Jesus to people. Yeah, and I just want to say I'm not an expert, but God told me today to just share my stories rather than my theologies and just share what this has looked like in my life because I've had some incredible experiences, some really great ones and some not so great ones and they've all contributed to me learning more about myself, more about God, and more about what it means to love people into relationship with Jesus. So today I'm talking about the do's and the don'ts. There's plenty, but I've just chosen four, um, of loving people into relationship. The first one is we do have to love God, shocker, and we have to love ourselves. So in Mark 12, 28, it says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. So at this point, all of the religious leaders are like, chastising Jesus, pretty much trying to catch him out, saying the wrong thing, asking him a bunch of questions, trying to make him trip up. And they said, um, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, "All of, the, of all the commandments, which is the most important? At this point, I think, what are the commandments? You know, like, do not, thou shall not steal, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not, um, you shall honour your mother and father, who's got more for me? Like, 
Yeah, do not use the Lord's name in vain. And the first one, which is, you shall not bow to any other God or put any other God before me. So I'm thinking that's what Jesus is going to say. And he says, the most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. So he's not just saying don't have other gods. He's starting to incorporate the word love into the equation and saying love him, like really love him from your heart. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Did he just sneak a little new commandment in there? Like (laughs) that wasn't in the original list, I checked. But he suddenly said not only do you need to love God above everything else, you have to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And in my experience, I am shocking at loving other people when I don't love myself. I am really bad at it. Also in my experience, I don't love myself very much if, God, if I haven't felt God's love in a while. And in my experience, I don't feel God's love until I come to a place of full devotion and like, um, full devotion and like submission to loving God. And that's what I think Jesus was saying here is the first thing you can do if you ever want to love anyone else into relationship with Jesus is love him yourself. Commit to loving God. I mean, who of us wants to actually introduce our friends to someone that we don't spend that much time with? Why are we going to want to introduce our friends to someone who we're not really feeling very connected to? Like the best thing you can do if you want to change the world is start by letting God change your life and your heart. When we love God, just think of it like this, when we love God, he reminds us that he loves us. And when he loves us, he fills us up with so much security and joy and peace and comfort that it overflows into the lives of people around us. That's how it's supposed to go. Our relationship overflows into the lives of other people. The world has got it backwards and it's this case of like, I need everyone else to love me so I can love myself and at some point I'll include God in the equation and it's a mess and it is like a recipe for absolute disaster and I know this. Even in my life recently, because, you know, I just can't help but be honest and if I'm going to share, I'm just going to be open. Is that okay? Great. So in my life recently, I got really badly hurt by someone I was super close to and don't worry, no one's here. Like, it's no one here. It's fine. It was just, just this... It was real division and it was spiritual and I could feel it and it stayed with me for weeks and there was a lot of accusation. My character felt like my character was attacked. I just felt so broken and bruised and to be honest, I'd love to say like, and then I just forgave them and it was really great. No, I was angry. I felt angry and like justice hadn't been served. For weeks I was holding on to this and it was literally this week I was like preparing to talk about love. Mm. And then God was like, how are you going to talk about that when you're still mad at so-and-so? And And I was like, okay, good, next. And then, (laughs) no, God said to me, get on your knees, turn on some worship music, forget about what you have to say on Sunday, we need to deal with this. And I was like, okay, because often we just don't do it because it's painful. Like, we can't hide any pain in God's presence. We just can't. So we kind of tiptoe around it. We avoid it. But I've learned I am not effective as a Christian, as a person, as a wife or a mother, if I'm avoiding my pain, if I'm not coming before God and saying, 
search me and know me, love me. And when, once he fills me up, so I got on my knees and I was like, God, forgive me. I'm angry. Like I'm angry and I'm hurt and I don't feel love for this person. And instead of like shaking his finger at me, he was like, I know, I know I'm sorry that happened and I love you and I adore you. What they've said is not true. What they feel doesn't matter because I am your dad and I see your heart. And he just like poured his love into me. And once, once, um, once that happened, I was like, I'm, he, like I heard him say, bless them, send them a gift. And I was like, whoa, that's next level. <laughs> and he was like, no, you need to send them a gift. And I read this scripture, should have written that down, didn't. But um, I think it's in 1 Peter 3 maybe about um, do not repay evil with evil. But when you let God love you, you can, like you bless the people that hurt you because it breaks the cycle. And God said to me, you need to bless them. And I couldn't stand here right now and be a hypocrite if I wasn't willing to live it out. And so I did. And I'm telling you, oh, this makes me want to jump. Like I'm telling you, the pain is gone. Like the minute I made that commitment and I sent that blessing, a physical blessing, like I sent it to them and I just felt all the anger leave. It just left because God loved me so much I didn't need that person to affirm me anymore. And when our identity is in God, our, our mandate is unshakable, whether people reject us, don't like us, criticise us in the church. If we could just keep letting God love us, we'd love each other so much better. Like we wouldn't keep hurting each other, accusing each other. I know it happens in churches. We're not exempt from it, but it's because we're not being loved. And when we don't let God love us, we don't love ourselves. And when we don't love ourselves, we love out of brokenness. And that love comes with strings attached it comes with expectations, we're offendable, we can get bitter, resentful, and that's not the way God meant for it to be. And God has shown me that when he loves me, I can forgive the unforgivable. He sh- Sorry, I'm getting a bit carried away, but I'll speed it up. He showed me when I was in worship on Monday night, he showed me this picture of Jesus being whipped. And I, you might have seen this if I shared it on my, I shared it on my Facebook, but he showed me this picture of Jesus being whipped and his eyes like looking at the men whipping him. And like knowing that he was dying for them so that they could be forgiven for what they were doing to him, like that's intense. And I'm not saying I approve of like toxic or abusive relationships. That's not the message here. My message is like, if I just felt God say to me, do you really want to be like Jesus? Like, do you really want to be like him? And I was like, yeah, I do. He said, this is where the rubber hits the road and this is what changes your life and your kids' lives and like all the generations following you is moments like this where you let me um, encourage you to live better and the enemies in your mind like, don't do that. Then they've gotten away with what they've done and they've been, you know, empowered to mistreat you. But I actually ended up free. I felt incredible for the rest of the week. It's a lie that they'll get away with it because the truth is God heaps blessing on you when you're obedient. So just let God love you for the love of God. <laughs> like literally, please just let God love you because that's going to make you the most effective Christian, the most effective person who can disciple other people is someone who's daily allowing God to, Jesus to disciple them. John 13, 34 says, So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. So love him, thanks. <laughs> I mean, I really should just carry these with me. <laughs> we all know by now. Um, love him, let him love you so you can love yourself and then you can love others. 
My second point is we do not have to be perfect. 1 Corinthians 1.17 says, For Christ didn't send me to baptize but to preach the good news and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. We do not have to have it all together to love people into relationship with Jesus. We don't have to have gone to Bible college. We don't have to be fresh out of a conference. We do not have to have had someone, like an impartation of an, from an evangelist. Like we literally just need to love people in all of our brokenness, in all of our imperfection. We need to be able to say, God, just use me. Even though I don't feel able to be used right now, just use me. God's not requiring perfection, but he does require obedience. And that's really important. You know, I remember we had a conference here a few years ago with... I can't remember if it was Robbie Dawkins or Ken Fish. Some of you might have been here um, when we had to share after the lunch break about our experience of trying to like go out and like um, witness to people. Was it Ken Fish? Thanks, babe. He doesn't have mum brain, so his dad brain's not so bad, but still there. <laughs> it was Ken Fish. So um, he was like, on your lunch break, go out and put into practice what I've told you to do and, and reach out to people and love people. And I was like, good, okay, I got this. So I'm at IGA and I felt God highlight a woman to me and I was like, I'm going for it. You know, you're shaking. Like if you've ever, who's ever done street evangelism? Like I was packing it. And so I went up, she's looking at the cold meats and I was like, cold meats, good. (laughs) And then I'm like, turned to her, you know, thought something really profound was going to come out. And I was like, do you know if they sell Kranskis here? (laughs) She was like, sorry? I was like, grand skis? (laughs) And she was like, uh, no, sorry, I don't know about that. And I was like, okay, good, okay. And then she left. I was like, wow, that was perfect. Like, that went really well. I'm going to write a book about that one. And then God said to me, honey, it's okay. But I saw her leaving and I panicked. And God was like, it's okay, honey, just go. Now's your chance. Just do it. I'm with you. And I was like, okay. So I like ran out to the parking lot and she was about to get in her car. I was like, hey, And at this point, I'm thinking she's ready to call back up. Like, she's like, who is this woman following me? What is wrong with her? And I was like, hey, hey, hey. Um, Just, and the most awkward stuff came out of my mouth. And I was like, I just want you to know something like, God really loves you and he cares about you. And is there anything I can pray for for you? Like, I think that's all I could get out. And she was like, that's so lovely. And I was like, oh good and she goes something like my dad's just had a stroke and my family's a mess and if you could pray for that that would mean a lot to me and I would really love that and um I've just been feeling weighed down I have children and I was like okay awesome and then I'm like oh now I should pray like so the whole thing was just happening on the moment I didn't feel equipped I didn't feel like an evangelist I didn't feel like um you can't trust your feelings because I didn't feel like I was good enough in that moment, but God showed me he was good enough. And so I just prayed a simple prayer for her and said, God loves you. I prayed over her family. I just said whatever I could. And she was crying. And then I hugged her and she left. And I was like, amazing. Like if I hadn't have just accepted that it didn't have to go perfectly, she never would have felt the love of God that day. And I just felt like I got to be part of something way bigger than me. And it was incredible. On the other hand, another imperfect moment was when, I don't know if it was Robbie or Ken, it was a different conference, but they got us to do it again, which 
was really good for my walk with God because it made me face a lot of fears and realise a lot of things about myself. And I went up to a woman in a food court and this time like I'm a little more confident and I'm like, no Kransky's here, I'm just going to go for it. And I was like, hey, um, can I pray for you? I just believe God loves you and is there anything in your body that needs healing or I can pray for it? I couldn't even really finish. She was like, no, 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 and just walked off. And I was like, I didn't even die. Like, like... That's basically the worst that could happen, and I've survived, and I didn't die. Like, that's really as bad as it's going to get. I mean, pick your environment, but, like, it, it wasn't the worst thing ever, and I don't actually know what God went away and did with that imperfect moment. I don't know if I was the first person in that woman's day to care about what she needed or what she wanted. Maybe in her life. Maybe no one's ever cared about her. And I planted a seed. God said to me, a seed has been planted it's okay. Like it it was not a perfect outcome, but God can still use it. So even if you have encounters with people at your work, at your, in your family, in the shopping center, it does not have to be perfect. What matters is that you're obedient and you just step out because God can do something with something, but he can't do something with nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? If we just sit quiet and we don't talk to our workmates or we don't try and love them with the love of God, where God has no opportunity there. It's relationship. He's made it. Jesus and God, have they've made it so that we're part of the equation and it can't be done without us because he's all about relationship. He himself is one of three. You know what I'm saying? So he wants us to be part of it because we end up blessed, we end up growing, and we get to see people come to fruition. I personally this year, right, going into this year, was not interested in sharing the love of Jesus, if I'm fully honest. I had been through a lot in my pregnancy. I'd just had a baby. Abel had just had surgery on his eyes. I was really done. I was like, I don't have anything to give anyone, God. Like, I am just flat. I'm exhausted. I felt like I had every excuse. And Poppy was going to prep. And my mum kept saying to me, it's going to be so good. You're going to make friends. She tells me now that she was really worried about me because she's like, she doesn't have many friends anymore. And that's not who I am. And through different situations, I realized I'd isolated myself because I just, I was not in the perfect position to reach out to people. I'll tell you that. So we're going to school and I'm like, I'm not making friends. I'm not going to go there and be the happy, friendly mom who makes friends with all the parents. Like, I'm not, I don't have to be that person all the time. Like, I was really resisting it. I was not perfect at all. I was not in the perfect position. Anyway, we went to school and God just does this with me. I rebelled against my own rebellion. But, like, I just was like, hi, how you doing? So I'd meet people. And then suddenly my identity, who God has called me to be, started coming out around these mums and I started to develop a real heart for the mums and I was like, I do love people, like I miss this, I really miss that and if you're in that place today where you've been isolating yourself, that's not who God has called you to be. You are capable, this isn't in my notes, but you're capable of loving people into relationship with Jesus, whether you're shy, introverted, whatever it is, God has a plan for you to love people into relationship with him and to bless you in the process. So... It was to my complete shock when God connected me with this one mum who I just, you know, you just meet people and you click and you chat so easily and I was like, I love her. Like I just loved her and I was like, I just want to hang out with her. And over the last like seven or eight months, we just would hang out like once or twice a week. We'd go and have coffee and I didn't realise at first but 
after one of the chapels, God really touched her. I think I talked a bit about that last time. And she felt the love of God for the first time ever. And it was like this doorway really easily and comfortably opened up for us to talk about God. And then that's all we talked about every week, just on and on. Like every time we hung out, it was like she had questions. She had like like pre-existing ideas of who God was and I was just able to talk to her and it all came out of this place of I was broken like I had been completely broken and God didn't say to me sort all your stuff out and then you can be a witness to people he completely put used me in the middle of my broken shut down state and said here I'm still going to open you up so if you're feeling broken or weary or tired or isolated today God still has plans for you and I'm going to talk a bit more about that journey this morning but Just let me say, he can do it. All he needs is an obedient heart, not a perfect one. Um, And 1 Corinthians 1.17 says, For Christ didn't send me to baptise, but to preach the good news, and not with clever speech, for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. If you throw out Kransky's, don't panic, like it's fine. God can still use it. Try again. Don't give up and run away. There's always a plan. Um, We might play a really big role in someone's salvation or a really small role, and that's actually fine. We might be someone, you know, um, my friend ended up, is like now realising, looking back through her life, there have been Christians planting seeds in her life all the way up until the time I met her, and I just came along and got to do the last water, and that was awesome because I'm now seeing it bloom. But you might have planted seeds in people's lives without even knowing in your imperfect state. So never doubt the place you're in and whether or not God can use you when you're not feeling perfect. Okay. So my third point is we do need to pray and to listen. In Ephesians 6 verses 10, it says, A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armour so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. What's wrong with me? For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is warfare, guys. You walking into your workplace is warfare. Like, do you see that? There are, the enemy is everywhere and he is wanting to take out the people around you. People are going home to houses and situations that you don't even think about because we don't, we're in our own stuff, I get that. But, but ask God, pray and say, God, what is this person going through? Show me your heart for this person. What what life have they lived? Pray before you walk into work in the morning and say, God, give me opportunities for conversation. God, let my love pour out because you've been loving me. You need to pray for opportunities, but also pray for wisdom. And then you need to listen. You need to be able to hear the voice of God. One thing I know is God wants to speak to us before he wants to speak through us. So it comes back to point one. If you're not letting God love you, it's really hard to speak the voice of God into someone else's life. But when you pray, like I used to go into every coffee that I had with this friend and just pray, God, give me wisdom. Give me your words. Give me the right thing to say. Tell me how to love them. Tell me how to like just show them your love because I can't do that on my own. Who I am as a person, I, I can't just do that. 
and I felt it and then I had to listen and we all know I like to speak, right? <laughs> I'm a bit of a chatterbox but God, there were times where God muzzled me and I had to listen. I had to sit there in conversations and I felt the Holy Spirit all the time and her and I now laugh about it when we look back because she's like, you just... You didn't even say anything when I said that. I'm like, I know, it's a miracle. <laughs> or like, or like, yeah, it's, I would just feel the Holy Spirit saying, okay, don't push that. Or, okay, remind, remind her of this. Or tell her this story from the Bible. And let me tell you that it was not always the fun, easy stuff that I was told by the Holy Spirit to pass on. And this is something I think our generation is doing more and more of, which is watering down the gospel and there were conversations where we would have that we would have and i would be like i'd almost want to like sidestep issues or be like oh yeah maybe just look it up in the bible like because it's hard to sometimes be really honest but let me tell you when we speak the truth it breaks powers it breaks the enemy's back it fully breaks it but the problem is we're scared we're going to scare people off so literally this week i was talking to this mom and she was saying to me cuz I don't even know if I said it, but long story short, like uh, I think in July, we both sat in the cafe in the middle of the school coffee shop crying and she gave her heart to Jesus and we both just sat there like there's people everywhere. We're both like bawling our eyes out and it was a miracle and ever since the, the grace on this woman's life is insane. Her whole life is changing and she's speaking to me. She's inspiring me and like revving me up in the spirit. I'm like, yeah, that's right. Like reminding me of things I've forgotten since I got saved. It has been the most incredible experience. And she said to me the other day, she's like, Sarah, one of the best things you ever did was tell me about the devil. And I was like, what? I remember that conversation because I remember her going to me, what's the, what's the devil thing? Like, is he real? What's that about? Everything in me was like, don't tell her, it's really scary. And I'm like, you know what I mean? I, for some reason, I just had this real fear, which was obviously the enemy's fear I was feeling. But I felt this need to like, be like, oh, he's just a guy, don't worry about him. Like, but I got, the Holy Spirit said to me in that moment, because I had prayed, he said to me, you do not water down my gospel. Do not um, lie about this. There is an enemy and she needs to know about it. And so I was like, yeah, he's real. He's really bad. He does all the bad stuff in the world. And I just tried to tell her who he was. And she said to me the other day, that was the best thing you've ever done for me because now I look into the world and I don't blame God for anything anymore. Now I see him. I see what he's doing. I see it everywhere. And I realize that's not God. That's not God's plan. And I look at it and I'm like, that's the enemy. And she gets angry. And I'm like, yes, like, this is what it's about. Like, it's about being honest about the gospel. We don't need to apologize for what is written in the Bible. We don't need to hide it. We don't need to change it. We don't need to water it down. And my generation in particular, I feel we're so tempted to be like, love, grace, don't worry about the sin. But no, like people like who are struggling with sin or surrounded by sin need to know that it is sin. They need to know that it's wrong and God has a better life for them. That they And like I, I needed that in my life and someone did that for me. I want to do that for somebody else. I want to be that person, but the enemy hates it. And we are in warfare and we need to pray. We need to put on the whole armor of God. I love how in... Peter tried to tell them not to arrest Jesus or like he said he'll never die or what he said. And Jesus was like, get behind me, Satan. 
And I've talked about this before. I used to be like, wow, rude, Jesus, like way to call your friend Satan. But now I realize he was seeing beyond his friend and he was seeing the enemy behind what he was saying and what he was doing. And he was saying, devil, get behind me. He wasn't talking to his friend. He was talking to the, he was doing warfare and talking to the evil rulers and authorities of the unsee world. Like make no mistake, the people in your life that are really hard to love, the people who are angry, the people who really just like, get you worked up. It's not them. That is not who God made them to be. He created them to be kind, loving, beautiful people. I told my friend, I look at those people and I think, I picture them as little babies when they were innocent and sweet. And I'm like, what happened? Like, what happened? What did the enemy do to you to take that away from you? Because that's who you are. We need to pray hard for every encounter. Pray before you walk into your workplace and pray when you leave. I knew when I left that friend that she was going back into environments and that the enemy was going to be all over her. And he was. It has been a battle for her. And she is one of the most courageous women I've ever known because she has fought back. And I, I would... I would have to listen all day. God would say, pray for this. So I'd pray. He'd say, I'd leave. He'd say, you pray protection over her mind. So I'd pray protection. Like I had to keep listening because I loved her, because God loved me. And I just wanted to love her. But I did not want the enemy to take away the seeds that God was planting. And thankfully he didn't. We just need to speak the truth in love and then allow the Holy Spirit to convict. It's not our job to convict people. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our job is just to deliver the truth in love, which is really possible. We don't have to hellfire and brimstone scream at people. We also don't need to sidestep the truth. We just need to speak lovingly and speak the word of God. Number four, we do not need to panic. Matthew 10, 14, if any household or town refuses to welcome you or listen to your message, shake its dust from your feet as you leave. We cannot fall for the lie that the pressure to bring someone to the point of salvation is all on us. Salvation is not our job. Jesus, that was Jesus' job and he did that. Our job is to love people into relationship with Jesus, but they can say no. Like people are able to say no. And Jesus himself said it to his disciples. Some people are going to reject you. And you don't need to panic about that. You don't need to take it personally or think, what did I do wrong? Like how did I, what mistakes did I make? We're going to make mistakes. God knows that and he chose to use us anyway. We can't panic when someone seems um, resistant or angry. We can't panic if it doesn't go the way that we thought. I remember when I led my friend in the prayer to give her heart to Jesus we were like walking back to the car and like I was elated. I was like, it's a miracle. Like I'm telling you, if you ever want to be humbled, lead someone to Jesus. It doesn't make you feel really good about yourself. It makes you feel like, God, you used me. Like that was the best thing that's ever happened in my life. And I, like it was it's just humbling. And then, and then I'm like, I forgot about the whole like ask for forgiveness, we sins part. And then I'm like... That's like the most, one of the most important parts. Like, what have I done? I'm like, no, it hasn't really happened. It's not real. Like, what have I done? Like, and God's like, wow, don't panic. Like, don't panic, Sarah, just chill out. And he just said, just tell her now. Just tell her, oh, P.S. Really important thing is repenting. So maybe go home and when you have time, you can repent. Anyway, she did on her own. And God did more in that moment than I ever could have done if I was there. And it was such a personal miraculous moment for her 
that happened just the way it was supposed to. And if I'd just panicked and been like, oh, well, it's all stuffed, like, it, I, I never would have heard the Holy Spirit say to me, like, just tell her now and it's going to be okay and her life isn't completely in your hands, it's in my hands and it's going to be fine. And it turned out more than fine. God used that so incredibly. I remember I worked with a woman. I didn't even look at the time. How much? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> really should have started that clock I had ready to go. Um, I remember I worked with, when I very first became a Christian, I worked at this place. And there was this woman there who was not a happy woman. She was angry and she was, nobody really liked her. Nobody talked to her. She, I was a receptionist. She used to hang up on me. She hung up on everybody. She used to bang around the office and she was like... Um, just really angry all the time. And everyone used to say to me, oh, don't worry about her, like, just leave her. I worked with some Christians there too, and they'd say, oh, just, she's a bit intense, just don't worry about it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. And I was a bit scared of her. And then God said to me, you need to love her. And I was like, no, thanks. (laughs) And he was like, no, what have I done for you? And I'm fresh out of, like, drug addiction, all kinds of stuff. And God is like, what did I do for you, Sarah? What did I do for you? You need to love her. And safe to say I panicked. I was like, I can't, God. I can't love her. She'll hurt me. And he was like, no, no, you can do this. And I think we meet people who are so aggressive and abrasive and angry that we think like, oh, my gosh, okay, that's a lost cause. That would take a miracle. But actually they're probably closer to salvation than someone who thinks their life is quite okay. And I wish I could explain this revelation to the level that I felt it but I can never really get it out right but like it's like they're so much closer than people who are happy or who think they're happy because the brokenness is so evident and I hope this is a politically correct analogy but like imagine if you had a child from a third world country and a westerner sitting right next to each other and you're holding this big giant meal like who is going to want it more Who is going to be most receptive to it? Who is going to um, be more appreciative and be more open to receiving it? The hungry, hungry one. That's the person. But hunger often looks like brokenness. It looks like pain. It looks like anger. It looks like fury. And we don't go near those people. But really, if we really trust in the gospel and in God's love and what he wants to do in the world, we need to run for those people. Like, God has taught me, don't dismiss those people. They're not unsavable. They're probably more likely to be saved than anybody else. And God said to me, you need to love this woman. And I was like, okay. Sure. And so it started with just like, hi, how you doing? I hope your day's going okay. Like angry. It's like, no worries, be persistent. I would like bring her a coffee or say, do you need a cup of coffee? When everyone else would just skip her. Or um, I'd try to be nice even after she just hung up on me when everything wanted to be like, next time I talk to her, I'm going to be rude. Like that's what my flesh was saying. But I tried to push through and I was like, I could not have done it without God. Anyway, we were on our. I managed to start having some chats with her where she would be a bit vulnerable and I could feel that she was softening towards me and then she started telling me about her life and one day God said to me on my lunch break, you need to buy her a book. And I was like, okay. Um, so I went to the bookstore and went to the Christian section and was like, what now? Again, I was having to listen to the Holy Spirit because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and he said to me, you need to buy her a book. And so I found like this Joyce Meyer book on brokenness or something. I'm like, well, that could be rude. <laughs> but God was like, that's the one. Give it to her. I'm like, okay. I am sweating at this point. I'm like, what am I doing? Why? I don't want to do this. And God's like, it's okay. And once again, these moments, God's like, do you want to be like Jesus? Like, do you want to? Because this is what it feels like. 
And I'm like, okay, because it's the fear of the enemy. This person, she needed God. She needed God's love, his grace, his joy. She needed it so bad. And so I was like, okay. So I was like, I just felt God tell me to buy you this book on my lunch break. And I hope that's fine. And like, I could, I pretty much ran. Like, I was like, bye, see ya. Like, ran out the door. She was like, okay, thanks. And then she thanked me again later. And then she went home that night and came back the next day and was like, had tears in her eyes. She was like, I read your book. I read that book you gave me. I felt like it was speaking right to me. Um, it just hit me and like, I've, I don't, like I think she knew about God. I can't really remember what her history was, but she was just like, I didn't think God felt that way. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then this conversation began to start about Jesus and about how he loves her and everything. And then within a month or so, I, I was getting baptized and I said, would you like to come? Basically she came, gave her heart to Jesus and has been walking with him ever since. <laughs> And I'm like, imagine if I didn't buy the book, you know, like, it like, it like breaks my heart if I'd not bought that book, like what could have happened? Her son, who lived like a really unhealthy and toxic life, I saw her a year ago, two years ago at a Christmas event at her church. And she's like, look, my son is here. He gave his heart to God. All his children were there. They've given their hearts to Jesus and their whole family has changed and it had nothing to do with me, I promise, like... It wasn't because I did anything perfectly. It was just because I knew God loved me and I knew he wanted to love her. And then I prayed for her and I realized I wasn't perfect. I didn't do it perfectly. I prayed for her and then I listened to the Holy Spirit and then I tried not to panic. <laughs> and as a result, like, generations can be changed now and, and I feel so humbled, like, to be part of that but I just wanted to encourage you guys today this is meant for all of us like I am nothing special I know I might be an extrovert and I think people think the gospels like sharing the gospels just for those people and it's absolutely not because you have wisdom and experience that I do not have you have experienced God in ways that I might not have and the people in your life aren't in my life for a reason because God's put them around you and he has a plan to use you so just don't panic, don't put pressure on yourself, trust in God. And when in doubt, just love it out. <laughs> that's, that's all I can say. Keep it simple. Love is always, always the answer. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1 to 4 and verse 13 says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had a gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything to, I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body like Jesus did, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Like I would have thought maybe faith, just being honest. I thought that was like, you know, the mustard seed and stuff. But no, the greatest of these is love. When life is hard, choose love. When relationships feel really hard, just choose love. Like when you have nothing left to give, try and just go to God and find love because he will then give you more. I did not have anything to give at the beginning of this year, but only because I'd stayed in relationship with God was he able to push me further out by just loving me and saying, come on, honey, like you can do this. I know you've been hurt. I didn't want to trust anyone. I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want new friends. I just wanted to be safe. 
And God said, no, I made you for more than that. Like, I made you for more than that, honey. Just, you can love people. Like, and he reminded me that I can love people, you know? And I'd been like, I'd just been isolated from that for a little while because of pain. And I just, I'm so glad he pulled me out of that because I'm remembering my identity. And it's not to love from a broken place. It's to love people from a place of sincerity and overflow. <laughs> 1 John 4.16 says, God is love and all who live in love and live in God. Uh, All who live in love live in God and God lives in them. It's all about God. It's all about love. It's really actually quite simple. 